What's good, everybody? We're back for CFB Prime Episode 3. I'm your host, Nino Brown, a.k.a. The Mayor. I got my boy, my guy, Brian Bosage. You know him as Deep Fried Draft from uh, DraftCountdown.com. How are we doing tonight, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. What are we, 10 days away from the draft? It's, I, I feel like my board's finished. It's maybe some small tweaks here and there, but it's... <laughs> Shane's like, you're way ahead of me. And I'm like, that might not be a good thing, though. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't believe any time that you gentlemen tell me that your draft boards are done or this is your final mark or anything like that. I think you guys will be doing it right up to like two days before the draft. I I just have a feeling. We'll have to turn it. uh, It has to be finalized by midnight on Tuesday to to count in the huddle report scoring. Mine will be done, like I said. I, I may tweak it here or there. But it's it, not much is going to change as far as, as the way it's going to go. I feel like I've, I've I put the time in. It's done. Now it's just trying to get that final mock draft right, which, oh, that's a mess. That, oh, man, I can only imagine. Uh, how long you been at, at it? Like, really into How many times you tweaked the uh, the big board? This, this in the last 10 days? In the last 10 days? Yeah. Oh, it, I, I, I crammed it through last night. And then today, today I was sitting at work and I was like, I moved like six or seven guys around. I love it. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is, man. It's, it's like you said, it's never really done until it's done. And even then you're like, you almost instantly regret it. Like as yeah. soon as you turned it in, it's like, well, I can't do anything about it now, but you know, you hit that send button and then you're like, oh, I would have missed, I would have slipped them. Ah, it's never mind. Done. Yeah. It is what it is. But you know what? This is this is it. This is what the whole culmination's been, right? All year you guys have been been at it, you know, grinding, nosing the book and the film, and 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 we'll see if uh everything you guys have predicted comes to fruition, which you know, I, I believe in you guys. You know, I, I will say to everybody out there, I'm not going looking for like rankings and I, I got my own, but when I'm like stuck on something, I want to go with professionals, I'm going to draft countdown. You know, they, they got you locked. Shane is just a different breed. You know, sometimes I think Shane's like a robot. He, I think he's got like mocks going all the way to like 2026, 20, 27 already. Is that possible? He might have rankings for them already. I know you, you, you just started getting into this next class, but um, you guys are elite and, and you guys are always ahead of the curve. And uh, just want to give, give flowers to you guys, you know, now that I can. Shane will have a 2026 mock draft out before we break for the summer. So yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. He's a robot. I'm telling you, he's he's not he's not human. I love him to death. Yeah, I I told him if if anybody is prepared for parenthood, it's Shane because he doesn't sleep anyway, so yeah, he'll be fine. I figured I, I figured he can't sleep, but the amount of work and, and like the player profiles and stuff that he does, is it, you know, I know how much I get to sleep, and I do like a maybe maybe a third of what he does. So I can only imagine, you know. He sleeps with his eyes open. You don't even know when he's sleeping. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna get into the defensive side of the ball. We talked uh, last two episodes. I had Travis May on. We talked with uh, you know John Lobb about you know running backs, and we talked the draft and offense the last two episodes. So we're gonna get into defense. Um, we're gonna start out with some linebackers. I got two names that I'm gonna throw out there, talk about, and then uh, I'm, I'm, gonna let, I'm gonna let Brian get into a couple of his guys. Uh, for me, um, first guy off the board for me, I just think he's. Got, got to be LB1 for me going into it right now, going into the new season. is Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson, 6'1", 210. I mean, 13 games, he had like 90 tackles, 50 solo, 13 and a half tackles for loss, Brian, six and a half sacks. I mean, he's just wreaks havoc in the backfield, and that was with superior talent around him, right? Like, you got Simpson around him. You had, you had Miles Murphy. 
Brzee, like you had all these guys and he was eating while they were eating. So you couldn't say like, oh, these guys open up holes for him. And that's why their numbers weren't as good as now, nah, man. He, he's just as good um, as the talent that was in front of him. They're going into this, this year's draft. You know, he had 35 run stops, six QB hits, and he had six QB hurries. What are your thoughts real quick on Trotter before I hit my next guy? You got to love the bloodlines, right? You know, his father was a great linebacker. My question with Trotter and next season is going to be – and like I said, I haven't done any film on him at all because he hasn't been draft eligible until next year. So right. that will be my first deep dive into him. I'll probably get into him over the summer. I, it will be interesting to get a baseline, though, of like you said, with all the talent around him, Trenton Simpson, K.J. Henry, Brian Brzee, all these guys he's played with. Well, now he's not going to have those guys. He's going to have – We'll talk about one of his teammates a little bit later. I, I believe a guy who could have been in this draft class. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how he performs without all of those guys who are going to be drafted in the NFL this year. It, it's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, and it's just so wild next year in college football, we're going to have Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I know you've probably talked about Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> And over this weekend, I didn't even know Antonio Real Gates Jr. was a thing. Yeah. And now I find out that's just like, holy crap. Am I Joe, Joe Horn Jr. in Colorado this year. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, it, I love seeing it, though. Like, it, it it's it's never been like that. Every once in a while, you get a couple here and there. It was never all, like, in like back-to-back classes. Like, this year, you got Joey Porter Jr. It just... It, it's it's crazy. It, you, you like to see it. You like to see these guys. Isn't you know, Chris Henry's son in high school? Uh yeah, he's, yeah like he's, he, he, I see he's like doing recruiting trips and stuff now. Yeah, he was just at Ohio State, uh, yeah. I believe, like two weekends ago. You know, of course Shane drafted him, and and our you know, uh, pinnacle of Devi draft a wide receiver. Pro- why wouldn't you want? Why wouldn't you go to Ohio State at this point? Yeah, I mean, just I mean, well, because I mean, with the guys coming in there, you know, you're not Connell Tate. Just looks like he's already a junior, so it's like, you know, I know it's a spring game, and we talked about it being as vanilla as it gets, but. When you see a guy the way he carries himself, the eyes you know perk up, and you're like, okay, that's a name to watch. Um, my next guy on the list here is I'm not a Michigan guy, but this gentleman just stood off. He popped off the screen to me. That's Junior Colson uh, from Michigan, linebacker, uh, 6'2", 235 pounds in 14 games. My man hit the century mark at 101 tackles, 42 solo, six tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, he had one pass defense. You know, 101 tackles. And he had a missed tackle rate of 6% with 28 run stops. I mean, I, you got to love a guy that's missed tackle rate is, is, is minute, right? And then against two big games for him, I call him the Haitian sensation, right? He had 12 tackles against Maryland, 10 tackles against Michigan State. Now, I don't mention many other games outside of that because the start off the year, they had as, as, as cupcake as a schedule as it can get. But down, but down the line, when they needed him to turn it up from the Maryland game on, uh, my man was in the backfield, you know, and, and he just run stopping. So I feel he could be a top three running back, uh, linebacker coming in to this 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 class. We'll see what happens. Obviously, you put another hundred tackles together, um, you're going to be in that consideration. But Brian, give me two of your guys that, that you like. Well, you can tell you, Colson's a guy. He's not even on our 2024 watch list yet. Shane hasn't added in his guys yet, so I presume that, that, that he'll, he'll be on there by the time this gets going. So he's definitely a guy I – you know, we mentioned Trotter earlier, and I, I want to preface this by saying we're talking about potential LB1, potential LB3. Noah Sewell was going away LB1 going into the season last year. May not be drafted in the first two days. Matter of fact, I think it would be an upset if he was at this point. So you, 
What? You don't even think he's yes. going in the second round? I, I think Noah Sewell's going in round four. Well, that's a that is a steal for whoever gets him in the fourth round. I'll tell you that. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah. But uh, I tell you, a guy, I really popped on the tape to me because of his versatility and ability to make the tackles. And you, you, you watched him a little bit today. Called him a wrecking ball. <laughs> Richard Jubinor from Troy, huge six three two thirty three. I think he's going to be one of those combo guys. I'm not going to say like Micah Parsons, but kind of how Dallas utilizes him as a stand-up backer and then as a you know pass rusher on downs. I think that's kind of similar to how Troy uses him. Eight sacks last year and 517 snaps. You know, gets in the backfield a lot, misses probably more tackles than he should, <laughs> but maybe we clean that up. You know, and 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 he has he's you know missed a little time last year with injury uh, as well, so get that sorted out, but could be one of the definite standout defenders in the Sun Belt next year. And a guy I look forward to writing about a fair bit on my Sun Belt Saturday columns. Yeah, uh, I've watched a little bit of film on him. And I watched an interview with him. And just the way he handles himself, uh, he's got a high motor, right? And, and you said, you know, uh, you watch him while you're watching uh, Marshall. And I, I, see, I seem to, every time I was watching Marshall, I would just kind of veer off screen and I would see this gentleman and he'd be, you know, making plays. I know the missed tackle rate was 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 you know in the twenties, but I I did notice on tackles that he did miss on, he was disruptive and either disrupted the running back, receiver, or tight end, whatever it may be, to where another tackle was made. So missed tackle rate can be deceiving uh, if you don't watch film and you just go by numbers. You know, twenty percent seems to be a lot, jumps off the screen to you. But uh, if you watch the film, he may miss the tackle, but he you know the guy's just not flying by him. He is like you know slowing him down or, or making it so that the guy gets tackled by someone else. So he will be an interesting name, especially with, you know, those with Marshall going into the draft. He's going to have the opportunity to, to eat. The CFL draft. <laughs> I, I'm just, no, he, he, he's go He put his name into it, right? He was at I, the senior bowl. He's small, man. I apologize. Carlton Marshall. He's a great dude. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's small. He's yeah, just so small. And he's not athletic at all. No, so yeah. he, Listen, he's not. If he was the size of, you know, Ivan Pace or um, Deion Henley, because those are small, compact guys, then I would think he has a chance. But he's like four inches shorter than them, gentlemen. So yeah. That's a big hit. You know what I mean? You five, can't even five, measure five seven and change. It's I'm five six, bro. There's no way I'm playing in the NFL. No sir. You know, you know what I mean. So I tell you, a guy who popped that you that you had on your list here to me, he wasn't on our list going into the season last year. After I watched Oklahoma State against Central Michigan. Mason Cobb is is a tackling machine, man, mm-hmm. and and he's going out to Southern Cal, where they seem to be they they need all the help that they can get on defense. If that Cotton Bowl is of any indication, <laughs> uh, Mason Cobb has a chance to really elevate himself next year. But yeah, high tackle rate uh, for me in, in the couple of games I saw of him last year. Enough to, like I said, I thought he was a draftable player this year, but yeah. probably did the right thing going back to school and may getting himself into more high-profile games next year at Southern Cal could elevate his stock even more. Be anxious to see, you know, how he gets after it next year. But uh, Mason Cobb definitely jumped out to me this year. Yeah, I like Mason Cobb. Like I said, I like him. He's got a high motor. He flies around the field. You know, he said he's got a high tackle rate. I, I will say, you know, he's another guy with 20% missed tackle rate. But he was able to hone it. I mean, the year before, he was at 60% missed tackle rate. Like, 
And that means that, you know, improvement. Yeah, at forty percent. Sixty is disgusting. I mean, it's more, more than half the time you're missing. But to bring it down forty percent, you know, that that's huge. USC is missing a guy who can tackle, right? Like they haven't had a piece in that linebacker call for for years now. Maluka, maybe not that far back. Yeah, it's just. There always seems to be the question mark late in the season. Like, all right, all right, first couple of games, the defense looks good, right? And then, like, by the time you hit the midpoint, it just falls off. I think this guy can help lead that linebacker core and, and help get pressure on the quarterback because there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this year that are going to be chucking the rock around. And he's going to, you know, you got Penix, you got Knicks, right? Uh, you got Shador Shanders. All those guys can, can, can fling it. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be at Stanford right now. I know that's a battle going on. Um, but we'll see. But there are dudes in, in the Pac-12 that can sling it. And USC is going to need uh, a guy that can disrupt things. I think Cobb can do it. I think that was a good move in, on his part. Another guy that I like, so we're talking about transferring around, Omar Speets, right? Oregon State was staying on the Pac-12. He transferred to the SEC to LSU. I think that was a huge, huge bonus for him. I think he's, you know, now, now if we could put these numbers up in the SEC, right? Your stock goes through the roof, especially being your senior. Now you can improve your draft stock. Last year alone, you know, 83 tackles. He had 39 solo. He was in the backfield, eight tackles to loss, 40 run stops, 10 QB hurries. And, and against my Ducks last year in a game where they only completed six passes, and it really hurts me to say it every time I say it, but I'll never let it die because they win that game and they're probably going to the Pac-12 championship. Anyway, they didn't. He had 13 tackles and a QB hit, and that QB hit was big because I believe that QB hit led to Bo Nix tweaking, uh, tweaking the ankle a little bit, and that was already hurt. So, I don't know, man. I think he can make a run. I think him being at LSU will improve it. But like I said, SEC now. This is what NFL teams are looking at. SEC is, is the upper echelon, and then it starts to fall down from there. What are your thoughts on speed? I know you got a little bit of film work on him this year. A little, little, little bit on him. uh Everything you said there was right and, and, and accurate. I, he'll be stepping in for Micah Baskerville, and you know th- there's a tradition there of that. If he's going to play the Mike linebacker spot for LSU, it's there. Uh, was it Jabril Cox stepped right. in, uh, transferred up from North Dakota State a couple of years ago, and, and looked great, right. you know, and ended up getting drafted. Uh, not sure how much he's played for Dallas up to this point, though, but. Uh, Speets, like you said, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how he, you know, I'll see him a little bit more down here in the SEC country that, that it's going to now. So, yeah, could be, a, could be a good player there for LSU. Now, I, I got another gentleman on here, and he, he was there and there in my heart because I'm a Ducks guy, right? I don't understand why he transferred. I think his best bet would have been to go to the draft and maybe be a later round uh, linebacker pick. But Justin, because he was terrible in coverage. You want to talk about Soul, and that's why Soul's dropping is because they're saying his coverage was bad. He's not a coverage linebacker. He had to make up a lot for, for both DJ Johnson and, <laughs> and Flo. They're both of those guys in coverage were terrible last year. And they and they noticed they probably around like week eight, Lanning was like, all right, none of these linebackers can cover. I'm just going to let Soul just play his natural position and rush the passer. And what happens? Starts getting the quarterback. That's getting his hands on the ball. They start getting turnovers. I understand, you know, being a linebacker in the NFL, you got to be able to play both ways. But teams usually use you for, you know, whatever you're good at, right? Soul's, be- Soul's better at, at rushing the passage, just like his brother. It's, just, it's the way it is. Now, with Flo, 
He's got a high motor. He's super athletic. And I've been watching spring practices out in Arizona. He looks hyped up. Pete Carroll was there the other day, and he was gassed. And he was, you know, showing out for, you know, the NFL coach. But I, I want to know, can Arizona change his coverage skills? Because I, I just don't know if that's going to be the issue. And if you put up another year of where you're like, you know, a 30, 32% coverage grade, which is terrible, I, I don't see a draft stock going up. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on it? It makes us to see how he does in Arizona. They seem like they're stockpiling some good players out there, man. And it's oh, yeah. like I'm anxious to see how that goes. Was it Jed Fish's second year there? So it's like, yeah, anxious to see how that goes. Uh, good, good team to follow next year. Pac-12 feels like it's you know could be wide open, and especially in the South, Pac-12 South could be wide open next year. You know, as everybody tries to catch up to Utah. Uh, he was, to me, the third best linebacker on Oregon's team last year that we had tracked behind Sewell and uh, Funa. So, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Change the, maybe change the scenery. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I I don't know. But Lanning's a defensive coach, too. Like, he gets the best out of his defensive guys. And, I don't know, it didn't really work out for, for Flo. I know coming out of high school, Flo, you know, he was a four-star recruit coming in. He super athletic, super high motor, but. He can't cover with anything, and, and, and with in Pac-12, where they use a lot of backs out of the backfield, you know what I mean, and they run the ball well, especially quarterbacks. You got, you know, you got to be able to play both sides. So we'll see what happens. Let's go down to DBs. Yeah, this is a, a couple guys in here that I'm big, big fans of, and everybody who knows me knows that I'm a Kool Aid guy. So we're going to talk about my guy Kool Aid McKinstry first from Alabama, six one hundred eighty-eight pounds. They got eighty percent coverage rate. Can we just give him a lockdown now? Like, give him the lock, get him on a chain, right? Because he, he's a dude. Uh, 13 games, he had 35 tackles, 29 solo. You can put him on an island by making cover. He can mirror DBs. He's, his, back, his back pedal is smooth, right? He gets in and out of breaks well. Uh, he's not going to get burnt because he's, he runs uh, upright in, the back, in his back pedal. He, he, he's good. He's got good hip movement um, from hip to neck. He's in one, one motion. He's not all squaggy like a, like a noodle out there. He had 15 pass defenses. Uh, seven run stops. It's 795 snaps, and he only had a 7% missed tackle rate. I mean, what more can you ask for for a guy? The picks weren't there because they didn't really target him that much. But when they did, look at 15 pass defenses, he's knocking the ball down. Uh, I know he went in the, into last year being DB2 behind Ricks. He passed Eli Ricks within, like, two weeks. Yeah, now let's look at Eli Ricks. Until we talked about, you know, Noah Sewell draft stock falling. Eli Ricks may – end up late day three udfa yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll see uh i got i gotta get this off my chest it's hard for me to take a guy as a draft prospect seriously when we're calling him kool-aid <laughs> that that's mama's name for him and it's stuck. I, I understand that and that's fine but it's really hard it, it was I, I went through the same way with another Alabama prospect a few years ago. Like it was hard for me to take Clinton Dick seriously when we're calling him haha. But he balled out, right? He played well. Sure. And so does <laughs> so does Kool-Aid here. And another thing that he offers is the return game. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a little lesson here for everybody. If you're not a quarterback, I don't care what position you play. Go to your coach. Let me help you on special teams. You want to play? That's how you get on. Because if you become a – if it becomes a tiebreaker in a draft room for an NFL and you want to play there, 
you need those special team snaps on that resume because mm-hmm. you want that special teams coach on your side to break that tie. Facts. And, uh, and it may not matter for McKinstry because he may end up being a just surefire first-round prospect and right. may never have to play special teams again in his life. But, you know, Eli Ricks don't play special teams. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, and that's and, how he got in there. He, he was playing, he said, in special right. teams last spring. He's like, yeah, coach, I'm down. He was returning kicks, and they noticed him flying around the field, and he was wrapping dudes mm-hmm. up. And Eli Ricks was like a wet paper bag out there. He don't tackle, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> so, so yeah, McKinstry's a guy I'm looking forward to watching uh, more thoroughly this year, for sure. Right. Uh, before I get into a couple more guys, give me one of your guys that you like. I like Georgia Tech's uh, Miles Brooks. He, you got to have the length now, man. The NFL teams are craving it. Yes. Like the the day of the five foot ten corner. I mean, you better be exceptional <laughs> if you're sub six foot and you don't have the length. Yeah. Miles Brooks has got that six two one ninety two. Look at his ball skills this year. Twenty twenty two, seven passes broken up. You know, intercepted three passes. Had a had a pick six. Run back fifty two tackles. Thirty four solos. The guy makes the plays in the run game, mm-hmm. and if you throw on him, it's it goes it's going badly for you. So to me, I think he'll be the best defensive prospect on Georgia Tech's team next year. Definitely one to watch. Uh, he popped off, you know, a little bit this year when I was watching Keon White, and that's what kind of stood out to me, especially in that North Carolina game because that was the game where Keon White kind of like came to oh yeah the the prominence there as a prospect, and and, and Miles Brooks I thought had a uh, Thought he had a decent game that that week as well. See how he did in that game. Make sure my mind's not uh, playing tricks on me. <laughs> yeah, uh, four tackles in that game. He had an interception of Drake May and broke up two passes. So, yeah, I wasn't imagining that in my head. <laughs> he had a good game that day as well. So, Miles Brooks, I think, uh, has a potential, you know, right now I think he's going to open as a top, you know, 100 player for me in next year's draft class. So, I, I he wasn't on my radar. But when you throw it on there and I see it in italics, I went and did a little research, watched a little film. Uh, I get it. We're going to talk about guys in this draft. I know you're all in on this draft. Is it odd for me to say that I'm getting some of like a Julius Brent's kind of vibe from him? Yes. And I feel like you're you're there a little stiff. Right. You know, at times. And Brent's looks stiff on tape. Yes. But then he tested phenomenal nothing like that <laughs> yeah like yeah. he tested like he's the most fluid player ever was a nine 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 raz for yeah sprints so. i don't necessarily know that brooks is going to have that kind of uh athleticism but like i said i didn't expect that from brooks either so um if 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 i'm correct and thinking he could also like he'll be a fourth year player next year so should be eligible for the senior bowl maybe yeah uh we'll we'll see how that goes. It, it's so wonky with the eligibility rules now. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Like Cam Smith last year was a four-year player, but I don't know if he was necessarily eligible. So it's weird to me how some of that works, but it'll be anxious to see how, how he does this season and how Georgia Tech in general does. Now, I, I, you said Keon White, so I'm blowing a whistle here on this one. Uh, Brian, I went on the Keon White train for a little bit, and I got a little slack from people. And then I go on Twitter today and realize that the NFL draft invited Keon White to the party, but they didn't invite Lucas Van Ness. Now, now, 
before we go making the assumptions here, you know, I'm just saying <laughs> these are the players that accepted invites to be at the NFL draft. They didn't give one to Quentin Johnson because they don't want the awkward moment and they put that out there. That that's all I'm going to say. So that they're not inviting guys. Bit. That does, that's, Johnson's wide receiver one for me. I don't know, yeah, know how they, I feel about that. But let me say this. So he could have invited Lucas Van Ness and he just wanted to spend time with his family, you know, and all that. It happens. No, I, I know, but you then when I'm Shane put the list out. I I, I was just going off with Shane. No, no, I, I agree. But Shane said the same thing that that's yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, those those seventeen guys are locked in the first round. Malik Willis was invited to the draft last year. Malik Willis went what eighty something overall. Yeah, I understand. Let's not let's not take that list as the gospel. Is all I'm saying. No, 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 no. I, I'm just going. I'm just going by what I see. I'm just throwing it out there. It just was odd to me because Keon White kind of was like a late bloomer, and not anybody, not many people were talking about him. And then all of a sudden, you know, here comes. Couple things, couple games, couple bowl games, and all of a sudden, tight end at Old Dominion. Yeah, and then he wreaks havoc all year, right? <laughs> all this year. Yeah, yeah. All this year. But, One year wonder. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Lu- wait, Lucas Van Ness didn't start a single game. No, and and uh, Lucas Van Ness is not that high on my board either. I'm going. I, I, I you are one of the rare ones, but they a lot of people. Uh, in this community, <laughs> seem to seem to rocket him up the boards the last couple of weeks here. I'll say this: Kia White is edge nine on my board. Okay. Lucas Van Ness is edge ten. I I also saw um, Will Anderson on some people's boards as number four, which is absolutely ridiculous that he's not number one at all. Like, let's not get cute we, here, people. Well, let's <laughs> not let's 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 not acknowledge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the son. The, the, let's not acknowledge the sons of former NFL quarterbacks. Who, <laughs> Thank you. Who were Thank erroneously, <laughs> who should not have been five star quarterbacks coming out of high school. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he he gets me hot every time I see a list come out from him. And that's why, because you engage with it. Same thing as the Skip Bayless yeah. syndrome at this. Yeah. Point. I, I I don't I don't comment anymore. I just look at it, shake my head, and just keep scrolling. But all right. Um, so I would probably get killed by my man Dino. Um, my 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 ace in the hole. If I didn't mention this guy Denzel Burke, he's got him at DB one this year. Um, for me, it's it's Kool Aid. I, I I'm going Kool Aid, and then I got a gentleman that I'm going to talk about probably to wrap up this class that I think is going to be a, a surprise for a lot of people, but it's Denzel Burke from my guy, Dino, uh, Ohio state, six foot one eighty nine. Uh, he had a coverage grade of 68.6, which isn't the greatest, but it ain't bad at all. Uh, 13 games. He, uh, 524 snaps, 34 tackles, 24 souls. So he, he's not a guy who can stand on an Island. Doesn't need any help. Three tackles flaws. He had five pass defenses, uh, 10 run stops, gets in the backfield, had two QB hits, 22% missed tackle rate. I guess when you're going at it and, and you you know take chances, it's you're gonna get that that rate. I'd like to see it come down to maybe in the teens this year. Um, the lower teams would be nice. But he he's a he's a dude. He's got it. I think those two are your top guys. Um, we'll just have to see you know who come to at the end. Now will Alabama have more stiffer competition this year? Will, will Ohio State have stiffer competition this year? Uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I will say I've been saying this for a while now. 
That Ohio State-Michigan game is big because if Ohio State loses again this year, um, I think we're going to see a change into the God and Ryan Day's seat. He ain't sitting down. You know, I mean, he's done a lot to, to, to lock himself in there for a while, but when you can't beat the rival, uh, it looks bad, especially with everybody you got there with those wide receivers that you keep bringing in, the four-star and the five-star quarterbacks that you got there, and it's not winning. And right now, it seems as though their defense is the best asset on that team outside of Marvin Harrison Jr., right? It seems like that front line it might be one of the best in the country. So we'll have to see what happens. Um, but he, he's, he's you know, top two for me. And then uh, I got Deuce Chestnut, uh, Syracuse transfer, went to LSU. He's not practicing this spring. But last year, uh, he had 700 snaps, 40 tackles, 27 solo. Um, he had a pick, two pass defenses, and a touchdown. He had a 76 uh, grade uh, coverage grade. This is my guy. This is a guy that who was peppered. He got targeted all year last year because on the opposite side of him was Tony Grimes, right? And they weren't throwing to Tony Grimes. He was locked down and they knew that he was the dude. So they didn't really, you know, target Tony Grimes. He transferred to Texas A&M. Uh, and this is my guy who transferred Penn, from UNC. He went to Penn State. A better opportunity. Big 10, I think uh, you're going to see him on a big stage. That's Storm Duck. Right, I know that I, I get the weird names, Brian. I know I find these guys with the, with the crazy names, Kool Aid, Storm Duck. I get them all, but uh, it, listen, he transferred from UNC, he had 801 snaps, he's six foot, 205 pounds, 46 tackles, 35 solo, he had tackle for loss, nine pass defenses, he had two picks, right? 78 uh, percent coverage grade, and he only had a 10 percent missed tackle rate. And I, I got a lot, a lot of good vibes from this guy, he's physical. He's a he, he, nuisance to receivers. He's up in the in the neck, right off the line of scrimmage. Right, he's got good hands, so you're not like just gonna get off him, throw him off the ball. He, he's on the hip pocket, and like I said, he got peppered last year. Right, Tony Grimes was is a lockdown corner, and they weren't they weren't really looking at him. And and Storm Duck rose to the occasion, so I think Storm Duck is the name that people need to kind of look into. I think he's gonna be a top five DB this year. What do you thought? How does he not? How does he not transfer to Oregon? And that's what I said, right? What like, a missed marketing opportunity that was. That was huge. I would said as soon as you hit the portal, I'm like, please, man, come on. Come to Eugene. <laughs> you know, and I think going to Penn State, you know, we're always told don't scout the helmet, scout scout the player. But Penn State DBs have had some success here yes. recently. So could be a good opportunity there for Storm Duck. Yeah, I'm a little familiar with him. Not, I'm not familiar with Denzel Burke or Deuce Chestnut at all. I haven't watched either of those guys yet. So they they will be on our on our list for next year for sure, uh, but Duck I, I am like I said I I completely forgot I think South Carolina may have been trying to get I can't remember if it was him or Grimes that they that, that they were in on whichever one was actually from South Carolina I think it might have been Grimes that they were they were trying to get to come back on board so but yeah anxious to see how he does at Penn State uh, you mentioned. Uh, Denzel Burke and yeah just just in, off the top of my head it just feels like you know a lot of teams were down a lot early right so you're going to see a lot of increased targets yeah. uh to try to get back in the game so if, if you can weather the storm maybe you're fine we'll see and you know you would think with their pass rush though it would make covering easier easier that's what I would so, say right? <laughs> I, I said I'll have to go back and see It'd be anxious to be an interesting study now that I have this in my head, now this thought process in my head of, of what to look for with Burke and kind of like see, okay, why did uh, – with with their pass rush, why was he not on top of things a bit better? Yeah, he should have been able to, you know, because they weren't given six seconds, seven seconds to run around on the field and throw the ball. They got about, you know, two and a half to three seconds. And 
you had to fire the ball quickly. So, like, he, he should have been able to lock these guys down, at least stay in hip pocket so you can, you know, get your hands on the ball. So, hey, he's got the talent, and everything. we'll just have to see how this season plays out. Um, let's hit these safeties. I got a couple guys. I know you got a couple guys that you, you like. One of these guys I had to go searching for. You, you threw me an odd one there, the gentleman from Wake Forest. But I found him. I found him. Um, so, off the top, I got a couple guys on here. Cole Bishop, Andrew McCumber uh, from Clemson. Cole Bishop's out of Utah. Uh, Akeem Dent, we spoke about Florida State in the green room. Uh, but my guy that I, I'm, I'm really all in on outside of Bishop is uh, Cameron Kitchens out of Miami. I know he's under the six-foot mark. He's 5'11", 202 pounds, 700 snaps last year, right? 59 tackles, 34 solo, uh, one-and-a-half tackles for loss. Six picks, he had a touchdown, a fumble recovery, 12 run stops. He ain't afraid to play down in the box at all. A man at a 90.7 coverage grade. Bro, that 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 if that don't scream lockdown to you, you go to PFF. It's all green when it comes to coverage for uh, my man Kitchens. So I like him a lot, and he played with Tyreek Stevenson's last year. So we're gonna see Stevenson's not being that physical corner on the outside. If Kitchens has to step more up more in coverage, you know, and play uh, over the top, or if he can still roam around and just wreak havoc, but I, I think he's a guy that you need to watch out for. Another guy you might not know, like I said, Cole Bishop is my one out of Utah, 6'2", 205. 617 snaps last year, 14 games, 83 tackles. So you got a high tackle rate, 47 of them were solo, right? He had six tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, three pass defenses, and a fumble recovery. 14 QB hurries, 70% coverage grade. The missed tackle rate was around 18. So we got to get that, that down. But my man is everywhere. And in the Pac-12 this year, I think he's going to have more opportunities, like I said, because a lot of QBs that can chuck the rock around. Um, what are your thoughts about those two gentlemen? And, and throw me some of your guys. Yeah, anxious to see see both of those guys. The uh, the Cole Bishop. I, I just like watching Utah play. Yeah. So it's it's not it's it won't be hard to talk me into watching you know and, stu- <laughs> and studying him next year. They're just a fun team to watch. I don't know why. You know, it's it's like one of those teams. It's like you you, you see them play. You see their game on TV, and you instantly you're just attracted to watch them for some reason. And so he'll be a guy. Uh, Miami's going to have a lot of a lot of guys to watch next year. A lot of guys to watch. So Kitchens, Kitchens is now another guy that I'm just going to have to add to the list. You know, <laughs> that's all, I think we're already about 20 deep on Hurricanes for 2024. So yeah. m- making that hard job much harder for me. Um, guy who entered the transfer portal for about four hours uh, yesterday was uh, – <laughs> Patrick McMorris yeah. uh, from San Diego State, all Mountain West player. I mean, guy was a stud the last uh, couple of years. And when I saw uh, my initial reaction, I didn't read the whole article. My initial reaction was, Alabama's losing three safeties. You're getting a star like this in the portal. He's heading out there. And then I read two cents later, oh, his uh, his brother is a coach at Cal. Oh, okay, well, never mind. So, and then he ends up at Cal, like I said, about four hours after he entered the portal. Replacing Daniel Scott, who I think is going to be uh, drafted on day three uh, early, uh, tremendous athlete. So McMorris will step right in there. But, you know, what a great player he's been for the Aztecs. And I know they're going to hate to lose him, but he's going to be a guy that I think is going to be a uh, potential riser next year on draft boards. Yeah, he, he plays in the box, right? And he has no problem, you know, getting his nose dirty. Uh, what do you have? He had three QB hurries and 12 run stops. So it, it is, he doesn't shy away from, you know, getting his hand down in the box and getting in there and wreaking havoc in the backfield. So that's something that you like to see. I love that, you know, we talked about Scott because I think Scott showed up and showed out at the Senior Bowl. 
kind of put him uh, on the radar for me. I was familiar with him, but seeing his game live and in person, I was like, all right, this, this dude can play. Uh, yeah, you can fill in for that gentleman. You get the opportunities there. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, four hours in the portal. Uh, obviously, you know, he's got some talent. Somebody wanted him. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about Akeem Dent, right? Because I, I thought for some reason he was eligible this year. Was he or, or no? He was. He okay. was. He, he was on our he was on our board. Uh, I put him on there. Actually, carried him over from the year before because I th- he stood out to me in a couple when I was watching Jermaine Johnson and a couple other guys from last year. He stood out to me as a redshirt. Uh, I think it was a redshirt sophomore at that time. So I'm like, hey, this guy can play. Oh yeah, and uh, so we we added him to to our watch list last year. Very interesting player. Um, Florida State's another team that college football is better when Florida State's good. Oh yeah, I got him top five, man. I got him top five. And and, and they're they're definitely trending in that direction. I hated that Jaheim Bell left South Carolina to go there, but I think he's going to be so fun in that offense. Uh, next year, I can't, I can't wait to, to watch it. So they got three yeah. receivers that can spread the field, yeah. right? You wait, wait, I'm not no knock to, to the Gamecocks, so so don't hate me. But they didn't have that. They, they had Van. Van was Van was legit, right? Like he can spread the field around, but they don't have. They didn't have a well, Johnny had, Wilson. Well, Juice Wells developed and is yeah. now. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, there's and, no Johnny Wilson, six seven, no. right? They can go up and get the ball. There was no Michael Pittman that they got there. You know, you know what I mean? And now you add but, hell to that. But I think Dent's got to have some position flexibility as well. I think yes. he can play your free safety. He could be a box safety. Mm-hmm. He could play nickel corner. 100%. I, I think you know, great uh, versatility there for Akeem Dent, and just kind of like that chess piece on the defense that you can that you can move around. A little bit. Um, 53 tackles, right? He had 13 run stops. So, like like you said, he could play nickel. He could play in the box. He could play around. Um, Florida State's got two gentlemen that I, I thought were going to go into this draft that came back. We're going to talk about one of them later in the edge in, in, in Jared Verse. But I think both of those gentlemen, Dent and Verse from Florida State, could be uh, you know early, early draft picks next year. Yeah. And another guy I had on the list, and the reason you couldn't find him is because he didn't play last year. Okay. All right. And so- – uh, he had a um, as a walk on freshman, and then as a redshirt freshman, four interceptions. Okay, right out of the gate, just a ball hawk in, in the middle. So I'm like, so going into his redshirt sophomore year, 2021, we put him on the list. Guys eligible, ready for the draft. Wow. Uh, didn't have as good a year as a uh, his his um, second year at Wake, and then last year doesn't play at all. Gets hurt in the preseason, never plays. So anxious to see where he's at uh, from the injury, come back, and you know, see. I just, I, I think he can be a a rangy player in the middle of the field if he recovers from his injury, which I think was an ACL. I'm trying, trying to figure so that out now. He didn't play last year, so it would have been what his sophomore year. That that's where yeah, I got, he would have been. Like- a, yeah, he would have been a redshirt uh, sophomore last year. All right, so I saw he pe- it was his second season. He had 516 snaps, right? That that's that was the year he came, he came to start the bubble. Right, 44 tackles, 12 run stops. You know, he had three pass breakups and three QB hits. So like, like you said, he he flies around the field. And he's a, he's a difference maker. So hopefully he's fully healthy from the injury. But guys, I got on my list now, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have to watch him going into this upcoming season. Let's uh. 
Let's talk about these edge guys before we hit a couple defensive linemen. I spoke real quick about Jared Verse. I mean, I know you're you're familiar with Jared Verse because he was a guy that we all thought was going in the draft. This Could year. have been a first round. I, I he, think so. He would have been at the Senior Bowl, and yeah. I think would have been a first round pick. Can I go out and say that he's better than Jermaine Johnson? I'm not gonna hate you for it. Yeah, okay. Because I, I I feel he is, and I, that's why I was totally shocked when he returned. And then I think it was right after he announced that announced that he was coming back too. But Jared first, you know, in ten games he had 360 snaps, uh, 48 tackles, 22 solo, 17 tackles for loss, and nine sacks, 22 QB hurries, 23 run stops. The guy gets a lawn chair and just just sits in the backfield. That that's what he does, right? He pretty much just change uniforms. That's how much he's on the opposite side of the field. So uh, I think Jared versus Got to be, obviously, edge one. Everybody's got to be looking at him coming into next year. A um, couple other guys that got on there. Th- this guy, for me, I only know him out of him. Boomer, right? My, my, my co-host, Jared, he was all about him, and he was so shocked that he returned to Washington, and that would be Braylon Trice, right? 6'4", 260 pounds. He paid 557 snaps, 13 games. He had tw- 38 total tackles, 12 tackles for loss, 9 sacks, and 45 QB hurries, Brian. Like, this is another guy that you thought might have been playing for the other team because he was just always on the other side of the field. It's crazy. How do you not stop this guy? Talk to me about Trice. You can't you can't double block him. No. Because of the other guy. I added <laughs> yeah, here yeah. is Zion Tupola Fatui came back from the injury last year, and he's still not 100% back. He will be next year. Right. So that defense right there, man, is going to be uh, going to be tough to watch, man, because – you know, th- th- those dudes are going to wreck it off the edge with him and Trice, but nah, they're and they're both built. They're both six four two sixty. They're built like proto NFL defensive ends, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it- it's going to be super fun uh, watching those guys, and and you know, both those guys could end up top sixty picks next year. Crazy, right? Same team, like that. That's just it's not no. unprecedented. Do you remember what year was that? Was it uh, Illinois had two two edge guys go in like the top seven? It was like mm-hmm. it was uh Kevin Hardy and Simeon Rice. Yeah, I don't Simeon- I don't think that both of these guys will go that high. I don't think it's going to quite get to that level. Well, but- Simeon Rice obviously had a totally different career than Hardy. Right, right, right. right. But yeah, they both were drafted early and and. Yeah, it's 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 not unprecedented, is is what I'm saying here, right? With, with a pair of edge, you know, rushers from the same team, but it's it's going to be fun to see. All right, so I got a guy that you know the names are great. I, I find these random names. You 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 know, you know between Storm and and, and all the rest of them. This guy Chop Robinson out of Penn State, right? Six three two forty two, uh, four and fourteen snaps last year. He had sixteen tackles, fifteen of them solo, twenty eight QB hurries, eight QB hits. 10 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. I mean, in the limited time he was on the field, he just dominated. Like, now he's going to be the dude. I'm, I'm excited to see Chop Robinson. I don't, I'm not a Penn State guy. I always have a sour taste in my mouth because, unfortunately, like, and I know. Ugliest uniforms in college football. Well, Come at me. Any, I don't have, care. It doesn't even have anything they to do with ugly. that. They are ugly. Yeah, they are ugly. But it had to do with they didn't play my guy. They took Sean Clifford over Willie Levis. So I'm going to hate. There's going to be hate in my heart for them no matter what. I will die on the Will Levis train. I don't care if he goes 18. I don't care if he goes 21. What right? does that say about Will Levis? 
I, I expect you to throw a zinger at me every time we're together. Brian saw I was ready, but I'm not that guy that's going to go out there and pump, pump up a guy and then, you know, when nobody else is, is on the train, just going to let the air deflate. That's my guy. I'll write it out. I know he's got some things to fix, but, hey, just today alone, Payne Manning went out there and gave him the cosign. That's all I want to say. Payne Manning cosigned my guy, Willie Levis. But, but let's get back to the defense, all right? Let's Peyton Manning ain't signing no game checks. <laughs> No, I think Peyton Man just said that so the Colts don't go up for go a a rich and, and they go get Willie because I don't I think if the Colts don't draft Will Levis I do think he's gonna fall I think he'll fall somewhere to Minnesota or, or the Rams which are bad fits for him. I have a thought on that and we can get to that at the end of the show if you want. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm always ready okay. for the hot stuff. Uh so you you mentioned uh, Fatui. Um, you got two other guys that you want to talk about. Bring them on. How about another guy who transferred from Washington? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Liatu Latu, you know, sits out uh year before sits out the 22 season, 21 season yep. after transferring from Washington, where he you know, was behind these other two guys, mm-hmm. comes to UCLA last year and wreaks havoc tw- to almost 11 sacks, 10 and a half sacks, forced three fumbles, 35 hurries. He's a great run defense. I mean, he you talk about another guy could have been mentioned, could have been in that first round range this year, but goes yep. back to UCLA. So he's another guy that you know has to be, you know, with along with Verse and Trice. And these guys are all just gonna be duking it out, you know, in those edge rankings next year. That that class is shaping up to uh in the pack twelve. In the pack in the pack twelve. <laughs> yeah, right. Insane. I mean, this is you know, it, it's it's shaping up to be a fun edge group next year to 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 watch and and, and get ready to see for that twenty four draft. So, Absolutely. but yeah, Latu is another one, and we and another guy who's now in the Pac twelve. I'm not putting him up in that category, but of the three main transfers that left South Carolina last year, we talked about Jaheim Bell earlier. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about Marshawn Lloyd, who went to Southern Cal. The the one to me that hurts South Carolina the most initially, I think, is Jordan Birch transferring to Oregon. Former five-star player. Hasn't played up to that five-star level, but he was getting there. And you started to see it this year where the light bulb finally came on. Yeah. It's seen this year, and he started getting after the quarterback more. So I, I, you know, he'll, he'll, I think immediately, you know, replaces the, the, the snaps that DJ Johnson is, 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 you know, leaving behind at that edge position. I think, you know, he has a chance to have a lot of success uh, for the Ducks this year. Hope nothing but the best for him. He'll always be a Gamecock. But, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, they're pairing him on the on the, on the the edge with the freshman five-star Mateo uh, Ugalale. So, like, Mateo's a dude, right? He, he was highly recruited. Um, he, he's in Oregon. His brother's in Oregon State, so that's going to be a matchup later on in the year. But I think Mateo and your guy Burke uh, on each edge, whoo. You know, you gotta have uh, Pac-12, man. It's crazy, and, and, think, and nobody can watch their games. It sucks. I, 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 and 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 they got they know they got about one one season, maybe two seasons left before the bomb goes off, or they're gonna have to bring in whatever's left for remnants of teams to to make it happen. I'm, so I'm so, I'm so fascinated by how that's gonna work out. I just hope they can get their their games off of whatever they call the Pac-12 network and get them onto something else that I can Apple. actually watch. Apple. Watch. I can't watch that either. Well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to make you get Apple TV. I'm because not Apple's paying for be, Apple yeah. TV. I pay for everything else already. I'm not YouTube's killing us, dude. YouTube is killing us right now. 
<laughs> Especially with this direct ticket, uh, Sunday ticket now. Direct TV till I die, man. I will, <laughs> I will, I will stay with it. Satellite, baby. Huh? You know, it, I'm 43 years old, man, and I am such a creature of habit, and I hate change. And I got this remote control right here in my <laughs> hand, and I can hit this little button that says "Guide," and I can go through and record games onto my DVR. I will stay with that till I die. I Screw all this streaming crap. <laughs> hey, they say, you know, creature of habit. If it works and it ain't broke, you don't fix it. I got That's a hot take, Brian. That I threw I'm, out I'm ready for it. And I, I don't have a whistle to blow on you. <laughs> you might blow the whistle on this one. I put it out there on my buddy, uh, Jake Crane Show, Crane Brothers. He had asked about a hot take about the you know, Pac-12. And I said, Washington will be in the race for the number one spot in the Pac-12. Possible college football playoff opportunity. And Michael Penix will be in a top three talk for the Heisman Trophy this year. What are your thoughts on that take? I don't think it's that hot. Well, a lot of that's people don't talk Luke, about it. That's lukewarm to me. Well, because you think about USC, right? Everybody's talking about Lincoln Riley, and USC. All I talk about is prime time in Colorado, right? You still got Bo Nix in my Oregon Ducks, but you're not... It, when Colorado's 0-4, we won't worry about them anymore. Wow. huh? You don't think they beat TCU? I think they win the first game. I don't think they do. I think Shador Sanders is way better than Chandler Morris. We'll see. You like Chandler Morris? No. <laughs> but that don't mean I think that, that Colorado's going to win that game. I hey, that just says what you think it should do with Sanders without saying what you think it should do with Sanders in a nutshell. I love it. He's not draft eligible yet, so I haven't really studied him either. I, 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 but he will be, so he'll get he'll get the looks this year. And, and you know, if he's if he's that good, we'll see. I don't know. I just, I, to me, when you have to completely, like, they are almost doing a one for one redo of that roster. Like, how many players on that two deep that Colorado is going to put out there this year were at Colorado last year? Like, what's the percentage? Uh, probably like. 20 because I talked to oh. their, I talked to their linebacker their outside linebacker Devin Grant uh, uh, occasionally I do some graphics for him uh, he said yeah it's a big turnover big big yeah. change so <laughs> I mean you're turning over that much of a two deep out of the gate I think they're going to struggle right now, out of that two deep though, it, he went heavy in the secondary yeah well I mean this to be expected so if they can get through into the Pac-12 schedule. Maybe they're jailed by then, and maybe they make some noise. I think Washington and Oregon are the two teams to, to – I mean, that game's going to be fun, right? Penix and uh, – Knicks. And Knicks, as much as I'm not a Bo Knicks fan, we, we've been through this before. Now, all right, all right. The, if, if he comes out the gate and starts off like he did last year – are the Auburn days gone? Like, can we just talk, stop talking about them? I think so because at some point you have to you have to admit that he has grown, right? Right. Like, so, like last year, I almost single handedly wrote off every bit of growth I saw from Bo Nix because I remembered the South Carolina game, which was one of the worst quarterback games I've ever seen. Yeah, in my life. <laughs> uh, so. If he continues to show that growth this year, the same thing with Michael Penix. His growth uh, almost was like last year, okay, he was not that good at Indiana, 
but he continued to show the growth. You give me one more year. The problem is now you enter the the question that people are having with Hendon Hooker this year is you're you're aging these quarterback prospects up because I think him and Nick's both are going to be what 23, 24 year old. Uh, twenty four. Well, yeah. well, Hendon will be twenty five. Right. Right. But it's the same. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same. does it really matter though in reality? Because look at the look at the quarterback. They're, most quarterbacks, if they're halfway decent, are playing to like thirty six. It, it shouldn't. But it does. I know. I get it. I get it. I mean, I think what's so if they're 24, 25 going in it, but they're putting on upper echelon quality ball, like Hendon Hooker, had he not got hurt, it's probably QB2. But let's look at it like this Lamar Jackson, who is still waiting on that contract, is 26 years old, has been an MVP in the league already. Oh, hold on. This is a soft subject for me. We're going to. How many games has he played in the last two years? I agree. But, but the point is, he's 26. And we're talking about Hendon Hooker as a rookie is going to be 25, is probably going to turn 26. But so, and hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet. Yeah. Bo Nix and Michael Penix, both, who I think are at least Michael Penix is going to go enter probably as QB four ish, yeah. I think, for me. Yeah going into next year's process is going to be 24, maybe even 25. So it matters All until right, so it doesn't. Kyle McCord or Michael Penix? Who? Kyle, what, dude, it just – he's uh, – Kyle McCord? Ohio State. Uh, he's draft eligible. He hasn't been until now. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'll revisit that with you in, in about week six because I – you know, we talked about Michael Penix being, you said we got about four, right? So I'm assuming it goes Caleb, Drake May. Yeah. Who, who would you have at three? That's a good question. Where, uh, do, you got, where do you have your guy? Seven? Rattler? Oh. If he, uh, hey, if he can I may, I may sandbag him on purpose. <laughs> but if he can, so, all right. Before we get quickly into the DL guys, it's right around an hour. Uh, if he can piggyback off how he finished, I think he can kind of salvage himself and get himself into like a top six talk. You know, QB-wise. Jordan Travis may be three. Yeah. Okay. Could be. I, I, Could I be. I, I think five. His, his upside, he, he's, he's, his trajectory is heading up. Uh, I still want to believe in Tyler Van Dyke, too. No. I want to. I said I, I want to. I didn't say I still did. I, I said just I want don't to. think he's Crystal Ball's guy, right? So like, and that's my thing. He's not Crystal Ball's guy, and, and you know how Crystal he Ball left. is. He yeah, hundred percent. I think I, I there might be a chance he could leave. It's right, just open, right? It's only been twenty. We're off the rails, Nino. Thirty-six. I know we went from defense to offense. All right, <laughs> let's let's. Let's go back. Uh, it's two of your guys are on this defensive line. I got one gentleman I want to talk about. We'll talk about the, these two uh, South Carolina gentlemen. Alex Huntley started to uh, Huntley started to really take off uh, later in the season last year, and he's still a very projectable person, but great size, 6'4", 305, a guy that you know the sky seems to be the limit for him. Former four star player, so. And he's going to pair well with another guy added to my list, who I think is a higher upside player than he is, is a Tonka Hemingway. And, you know, I, I 
got all over Kool-Aid for the name, but and here I am talking about guys <laughs> nicknamed after a Tonka truck. But he plays like it, man. He's rugged. And he really had a great game in the uh, bowl game that I saw, uh, the Gator Bowl. I was there in person. And he had him and Huntley both, man, by the end of that game, they were troopers because South Carolina had so many of the opt-outs and the transfers and everything else from that bowl game that Huntley and Hemingway had to almost – you're asking two big, beefy SEC defensive linemen to play all game 95% of the snaps. Yep. And by that fourth quarter, man, they were so gassed, and Notre Dame just started gashing them, just picking up seven, eight, nine yards yeah. of carry. And But – I, I took my hat off to them after the game. They were so, so such troopers after the game. And I think once they get, you know, you get the depth built back up this year, you know, hopefully the, by the end of the season next year, these guys will be, in, you know, ready to ready to roll. And, you know, both enter in their fourth year next year. So not necessarily going to be in the 2024 draft class, but could be. Could be, right. All right, you 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 put a bunch of guys. I had Huntley on there, uh, and you put a few other gentlemen on there. But one of them gentlemen is, is my guy that I love. When I did the Duke preview, um, he just screamed off the page to me. He's just a monster of a man, uh, and that would be Dwayne Carter. No, we're not talking about Little Wayne, right? Because this man is three hundred pounds, six three. He played almost six hundred snaps last year, thirteen games, thirty six tackles, twenty one solely, and eleven tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, twenty three run stops. Three forced fumbles and three fumble recoveries. He is just a force on the line. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Carter? I know he's in the ACC and playing for Duke, but, man, I, I just think this kid's got that juice. Yeah, after Shane uh, put Sheka Hayward, uh, their linebacker, on our list about midseason last year, I had to go back and watch him. So when I was watching him, Carter just jumped. Yeah, he, uh, They moved him in and out. They moved him inside out, so they played him at, on, on the, the – the, defensive end then kicked him inside so they kind of like just moved him around the entire game that i watched and you know he gets his hands up you know when he's not going to make a play he gets the hands up and mm -hmm. you know knocked the ball down just four, four passes deflected last year forced three fumbles you know five and a half sacks lives in the backfield man and constantly making plays you know nobody cares because it's duke right right and but people are going to watch more duke uh next year we talked off air about Raleigh Leonard. Yeah. You know, local here to our area, played at Fairhope High School. So I turned Shane on to Raleigh Leonard. Now he's all on that train as <laughs> yes, well. Yes. So um, Duke will have the attention more next year, and people will see more of Dwayne Carter, I think. A guy I was shocked you didn't have written down here <laughs> was Jerzon Newton from Illinois. This guy could be a top 15 pick next year. He's a dude. He got the I mean, motor. We're, we're looking at the Illinois defense this year could have, what, five guys drafted in the top 100? Yeah, right. He would have been the highest drafted of all of them, I think, if he's in this class, if he's eligible. That's how good Jerzon Newton is. Uh, 14 tackles for loss at, at – what is he listed at here? Uh, six – what is it, six two two eighty? So we're 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 talking about Cansey this year. I right. think he's he's a bigger version of what you're going to get from Elijah Cansey next year. That that impactful of a player, I think. Like I said, maybe okay, maybe he didn't get hot, drafted higher than Devin Witherspoon, but you know, it's 
he's going to have that kind of impact, pass rush up the middle. You know, so last year, was it, 14, 14 tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, three passes deflected, recovered two fumbles. So he's just – the sky's the limit. He's getting better and better and better. And I think to I think he's going to enter next year as my DL1 uh, okay. for the 2024 draft. Circle back to my guy at Duke. I think he's a more athletic Brazier, Brian Brazier. Right? Obviously, he just plays at a different, you know, smaller school. But, you know, caught his motive for a guy that's 300 pounds, man. And the way he moves and gets around that, it, it just, it's, he plays inside and outside. And Brazier plays inside and outside, more on the outside, but he can't rotate to the inside. Speaking of Brazier, another guy I had added here, Rook or, or Horahoro. <laughs> uh, had accepted an invite to the senior bowl. So then, would have been in this class and then decided, Hey, I'm going to go back to school. Right. You know, he's got a chance to be one of their, uh, to, to elevate himself back into that, uh, range. Uh, Jim Nagy, I think thought he was a top 100 player in this class, but opted to go back to school. So, uh, anxious, uh, name to keep an eye on for next year. Well, you know, at least Trot is not going to be doing it all by himself. Then he's got a guy right there in front he's of him. He's got one guy opening up gaps for him. So, well, we'll, I mean, let's be let's be honest. They've got they're going to have a lot of guys. Yeah, they always. Got we just guys. don't know who they are yet. Yeah, exactly. Someone's going to step up. They always do. Um, Brian, real quick, you said you had a hot take you wanted to talk about at the end of the show. Set it off. We are. Have you looked at the latest odds on the draft order so far? Yeah, like, just, as of today. I saw Bryce. Bryce Young's now like minus 11. Yeah. Minus a thousand something to be the top pick. I think we can etch that one in now. Yeah. He that called feels, off all, his, all of his other visits, so it's over. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we feel pretty good Carolina's taking Bryce Young at number one now. Houston's trading too. Is Houston trading? Or uh, are they going to sit and take Will Anderson? Lance Zerline said that Houston is in, in talks right now to get out of this pick. Very well could be. Who are they in talks with? Right. Because if they stay pat, take Will Anderson. And then that puts your guy in play for them later. Yes. Because they yes. come back up from 12 to take Levis. I'll take that. If that's their guy. Right. If they stay and take Will Anderson, I think that's something to watch out for bottom end of top 10. Arizona now sits at three. Arizona's not taking a quarterback. If I'm Indianapolis, I'm oh. selling everything. Whatever, what what is it going to cost me to go from four to three? This is going to cost more than normally it would to go up one spot. You've got to do everything you can to secure CJ Stroud on your team if you're Indianapolis. So would you do the, you take the four, a 20, 24, second, and Jack Leonard? I don't know if you if a player and you're not taking – like you've already drafted 112 linebackers on your team if you're Arizona. I don't know the necessarily know that Shaq Leonard and his contract is 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 of note for you. But I – as crazy as it sounds to go up one pick, I'd give up 24-1 to go up one spot to secure C.J. Stroud on my team. You've got to come out of this – if you're Indianapolis, you have to, and you're Houston's not going to trade with you. No, no. <laughs> if anything, easy. if anything, Houston is entertaining trades from teams that want to come up to draft Stroud because they don't want him in Beauty, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So they may take a lesser deal if they are hell bent on moving back, just to keep him away from Indianapolis. Wow. 
so if someone come up and stole them from Indianapolis and they're still sitting at four, are they going Richardson? Is it I think they take Levis over Richardson. That was probably the best Levis thing you've ever said to it me. It may be. And I'll, on that time of talking. And, that and was the sad probably- part about it is I I don't wouldn't disagree with it at that point. You Indianapolis has got to get a quarterback in this draft class. And he said it how many times? Ursay's come out publicly and said that they need a quarterback. They have to. It's been three years. Well, it's been five years, right, since Andrew Luck left. Like, Yeah. If, if Indianapolis rolls into 2024 – or 2023 with Gardner Minshew as QB one. They're punting for Caleb. They're punting. Chris Ballard's punting for a new job. He's he's unemployed. You think so? Yes. It's his I, fault they're in this situation to begin with. Now. Why? Because he took Philip Rivers in, in in free agency. Well, you've kept you've haven't got figured this out. You brought in Matt Ryan. You brought in Carson Wentz. You brought in Phillip Rivers. You have failed at this three times already. But he got he brought he drafted Andrew Luck though. Like he wasn't expecting Luck to call it a career early. Okay, but he failed Andrew Luck by putting a bunch of bums in front of him for three years and getting his head screwed up. They drafted two top offenses. And they finally players. got they finally got the offensive line fixed after Andrew mm-hmm. Luck, Luck couldn't remember yeah. his middle name. <laughs> so I, 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 and Who's worse now, at drafting offensive linemen, the Jets or the Colts? Do I know? Who's worse at drafting offensive linemen, the Jets or the Colts? Well, the Colts at least have drafted offensive linemen well. It just they waited too long to do it. Right. That's the problem. The Jets just waited. swing and miss. The Jets just swing and miss. <laughs> and they're probably going to do it again this year. They're probably going to they're what under draft Roderick Jones or Paris Johnson. I hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't screw up. And Mackay, Mackay Beckton shouldn't have failed though. He can't stay healthy. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean the little body, his little body is trash, <laughs> and that's what he needs to be solid. Yeah. So, I can't believe you said something nice about my guy Will. I mean, I guess that I, that's I to- that's about the most backhanded compliment I think <laughs> I could possibly give Will. Evans. I'll take it. I will. T- Can you just explain to me what, real quick, in less than thirty seconds, what you don't like about him? He has the. He's about as consistent on tape as I can't. I, my analogy game is poor. He's oh, just so, so there, there's no watch, consistency with did him. Did you watch last year's tape at all? Uh, 2022. No, 2021. Yes, and even with a better offensive coordinator and better weapons, he still wasn't consistent on a series to series basis, much less you know game to game, and it got even worse this year. I, I I and and in the back of my mind, and I know we can't. I don't want to say this, but it's this was a question about Mitchell Trubisky when he came out. Why couldn't he beat out? I can't remember the Williams kid that was a quarterback in North Carolina. Why do we go with this? Why why is this? A- but but Trubisky couldn't beat him out. And then ends up, you know, politics. We know this. Whatever. And hey, but money. Levis could not beat out Sean Clifford. All right, if you were starting a team right now, Brian, you're taking Clifford or Levis. I'm taking Levis. So that doesn't. It's obvious that he's a better quarterback, right? But why didn't he 
play ahead of Sean Clifford. Why didn't Joe Burrow play at Ohio State ahead of any of those gentlemen? Yeah, at least Joe Burrow was behind first-round draft picks at quarterback. That Sean- are terrible. Right? But like, I mean, but NFL teams thought that they were at least good enough to draft in the first round. Where Sean Wills? Clifford, Sean Clifford, it won't be a first round pick in the USFL draft next year. But Will's going to be, a, could it be a first round pick? Could be, maybe, maybe he's not. He's going to be, hey, he's going to be way, way higher drafted than Clifford. That's for sure. If you told me one of the four quarterbacks falls out of the first round, it's Will it's Levis. Yeah, and that's fine. But I think it's BS because Anthony Richardson shouldn't even be in the first round. And no, Anthony Richardson's terrible. And if Chris Moore drafts Anthony Richardson, he should be fired the next day. Dallas? Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't, I said this in the jump, and this is how I'm going to close out the show, is Anthony Richardson, right, can only go to a team that can afford to sit for a year and a half behind him. Well, guess Seattle. what? No, that team doesn't have their quarterback right now, Lamar Jackson. That is the only – Seattle isn't built for his style of play because they don't have a guy to take it over the top. Lockett's done. This has got to be Lockett's last year, right? If you're Jim Irsay and cash may be an issue, why have you not signed Lamar Jackson to a fully guaranteed offer sheet right now. Well, because now it has to be 225. Okay. Because Baltimore gave him 200 and he didn't even look at it. Okay. <laughs> so this is why I think he can't, he's not going back. I think the relationship is ruined. But you're Indianapolis. And I just said give up two ones to go up to CJ Stroud. That's what they're offering. That's what they want. It's two ones, right? Right. And I just said give up two ones to go up one pick. So if you sign, no proven. He's not even proven. So why would you not, if you're Indianapolis, give Lamar fully guaranteed two hundred twenty-five million dollar offer sheet that Baltimore basically saying they're not going to match because they don't want to give him a fully guaranteed deal, right? Right. So why would you not give him some? Give him five million more than Cleveland gave Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed. That's all he wants. That's what right? he wanted off the rip. And <laughs> give and Balt and you give Baltimore four this year and whatever next year. Twenty-four next year. Right. Because Indianapolis oh. wins the AFC South next year if Lamar Jackson's their quarterback. They probably win it. Yeah, hundred percent. They, they'd probably run away with it. Well, I don't know. Jackson would probably be good this year. But yeah, if they have Lamar Jackson. I think might- I think Indianapolis has the rest of the team in place. I agree. To compete with Lamar, if Lamar Jackson, their defense they can bolster it in in the draft, like because mm-hmm. there's enough cornerback depth in the right. draft and safety depth they can get that. Uh, Shaq Leonard is always going to be the elephant in the room, right? But they have EJ signed EJ Speed and Zakar Franklin, so those those guys performed last year. Why would they not perform again this year if Leonard's not the dude? I think you're right. I think it's would it be crazy for me to say that there's like cohesion amongst owners about this guaranteed money? <sighs> I can't. I, I don't want to go there. I don't. I don't necessarily think that's the case because there's going to be one of the cheapest NFL owners ever is about to throw out that kind of bag guaranteed to another quarterback. So yeah, I just thought if anybody was going to do it, it would have been Schneider, right? Like a big throw the finger at you. I'm going to guarantee this dude all the money. I'm going to give him whatever it is he wants, and then I'm selling the team for six billion. Would have been kind of funny. Right. It would have it would have been Schneider esque, right? 
All right, Brian. I appreciate you coming on. This is an absolutely phenom- a phenomenal episode. Before we go, tell the people at home uh, where they can find you and, and your work. Follow me on Twitter, everybody at Deep Fried Draft. Um, top one hundred big. Uh, my top my big boards finalized for the most part. As I said earlier, <laughs> uh, it'll be released uh, released in all its glory next Monday over at DraftCountdown.com. Uh, got some good stuff coming up this week. What do we got? We've got uh, some hot takes for you, uh, Nino, coming out on Friday. Five bold predictions for the 2023 NFL Draft coming out. Uh, and Wednesday, I'm releasing my uh, – who are my guys in this class? Uh, Nino, you've got a lot. I, I don't have near as many guys as you, Nino. Everybody's <laughs> your guy. But I, I cut it cut it to five, and it's not necessarily the five best players. It's five guys I love. Some of them may not even get drafted but it's just guys that I like uh, for this class. And my final mock draft will be released uh, the morning of the draft, of course. And you can find all of that, all of that at draftcountdown.com. And uh, go to YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash the draft countdown. And go ahead and subscribe there. You know, we've got great content coming up uh, there as well. Yeah. Go give these guys a follow him, Shane, Miranda, all all of them over draft countdown. They, They all, you know, up echelon when it comes to this community i always appreciate you know getting my guy brian on the show uh we're gonna close this one out went over about you know it's about 10 minutes over when i get him on it's hard it'll be all right yeah it's hard for us to stop talking we we, 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 we like to talk yeah especially when it comes to college football so (laughs) it's cfb prime it's episode three you know the deal blow the damn whistle